God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. You know, marriage is by God's design, and it's made for a man and woman. But those men and women come from homes that may or may not had much dysfunction. And uh, we hear a lot about a, a lot about dysfunctional families. And uh, it's not whether or not you're a part of a dysfunctional family. It is to the degree by which it was dysfunctional. Think about Adam and Eve, even the first uh, couple and who had the perfect parent. And they came into that marriage, and yet at the same time, there was some issues. And uh, we want to talk about that today, that marriage was designed to help us overcome a lot of the difficulties and the dysfunctions that we have as we minister to one another. We all come into our marriages with, with some baggage, as they say. And uh, we've heard it said, and I think it was uh, Dr. Billy Graham's wife who said, you know, love is finding someone who will help you unpack that baggage. And uh, that's, I found that to be true in my life and pastoring for 40 years. I found that true in others' lives as I've observed that. They've come to me for counsel. And so I I just want to share with you today, if you're having difficulty in this marriage that was designed by God, you're not the first. But you also have an advocate with a father, and we're going to talk about that. But, you know, most of us come from different families, Uh, even in my in my family, with my wife, Jan, and myself, ours was completely different. Ra- Jan raised in town or city. I was raised out in the country, and uh, just so many things different, uh, so so much different. And I'm not going to go into that, but that's possibly your case. And you say, how can two people so different make it? It's through the power of the Lord and through your surrender to Him and cooperating with Him in what He's wanting to do. But let me just share with you, most of this baggage comes from two places. First, it comes from unhealed, broken relationships. Um, I've seen it. I've observed it. I've heard it. Many girls who came from homes where the father was uh, not what he should be, and, and they gravitate to someone like that. And It's caused that relationship has not been healed many times. And these unhealed, broken relationships can do quite a bit of damage in a person's life. But also disappointments. Um, They think marriage is going to be the answer for all their problems. They think this relationship with your husband or your wife that that you're going into is, is going to be perfect. Well, it's not. It's it's just not. And I know the reason. It's because we're human, and no human is perfect. We come in with that baggage. We come in with those relationships that need to be healed. We come in with disappointments that we bring with us. And many times, these these disappointments and unhealed, broken relationship leads to addictions of all kinds, and they they it leads to diet problems, overeating, and and others, unresolved anger, 
uh, there are certain things that will set people off when they hear a word or they see an action or even look at a uh, see a look on someone's face. It brings this anger up in them because it reminds them of baggage in their past, fear of of being left, fear of of being alone because they were deserted one time by a parent. They think, well, now I'm going to be deserted by my loved one. And so all of these come into the play, and this is baggage that we've got to deal with. And God, by design, has given to every believer the capacity and ability to be more than conquerors in Christ, to be overcomers, whether it's uh, depression, selfishness, all of those things can be overcome, and that's good news. And God wants to use the family the place of healing, not the place of hurt, but the place of healing to do that. And um, so how do you unpack this baggage? Where do you start? Well, we've heard this phrase, face it, trace it, and erase it. Now, I want to share with you, the first two are very important, facing it and and tracing it. I want to stay with me because I want to talk a little bit about correcting that last, erase it. I think there's some conditions to that, and there might be something even better. But years ago, my wife and I were returning from a trip in Israel, and we bought the souvenirs. And in place of putting all those souvenirs in one bag, we put them in all of our bags that we had. Each one of us had two, so there's four different bags. And when we were going through the airport about to board the train, or or the plane, I should say, uh, they were saying, did you buy anything? We said, well, yes. And so they said they wanted to see it. So we had to unpack all four suitcases there in the airport for everybody to see to find those souvenirs that, that were there. And they were unpacking our baggage in front of everybody. Now, I just want to tell you, that was a little bit painful. And that was baggage of clothes and dirty clothes and and all the things that we had taken. And now everybody was seeing it, and and we we felt exposed. But I want to tell you, unpacking your baggage in front of the world is difficult. What you want to do in your marriage is a husband and wife help each other unpack that baggage, emotional baggage, that you brought into the marriage with someone who loves you, someone who cares, someone that doesn't want to expose you to the world. And and when that happens, I want to tell you, great healing can take place. So let's, let's recognize our past. All of us have one. Some of them are pleasant. Some of them are not pleasant. But face it, you, you look at it. And the scriptures we're looking at is in the book of Joel. And in Joel chapter 1, verse 4, it says, What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young have eaten. What the young have left, your other locusts have eaten. And and so God is speaking clearly here that in our past, here in this time, in Joel's time, it was a great, great time of military hardship, natural catastrophe, and, and these people were going through heartaches, and there wasn't a lot left. But in our day, if we look at that in our day for as our own lives, we're looking at things that's taken place in our home of origin 
that the locusts have eaten. They have eaten away the emotional uh, life that brings on anger and brings on fear, and, and all these operate in our lives. And so we have to face it. We can't just say, well, that didn't exist. We say, well, I'm going to put it out of our minds. I found this out to be true. At every 10-year interval of your life, that would be after 20, at 30, 40, 50, there seems to be like an examination. And I found out it being very true that at 30 years of age, especially in 40 years of age, that a lot of times individuals will start facing the baggage in their past. They have covered it up under them. They've been able to operate uh, in the world without it doing a lot of damage. But again, at those times, it begins to compound and come upon you, and they have to face it. But it's better to face it as you see it early on. The quicker you deal with that baggage that's in our lives, the better it is. That is by God's design. God wants us to not let the sun go down on our wrath. God wants today to be the day of salvation. God wants today to be the day that you reconcile with your brother or, or someone that you have broken relationships with. So God is making it plain to us that we need to face the issues in our life. And when we are married to someone who helps us do that, it's an amazing thing that we can support one another, pray for one another, and share with one another. So how do you do that? First of all, you deal with your past with honesty, looking at it honestly. Uh, by that, I mean don't gloss over it. If it was painful, it was painful. If it hurt, it really hurt. And you don't ignore it. You don't pretend it did not happen. Yes, it did happen. And it can be as great as as abuse, all kinds of abuse you can imagine. It can happen as people that would put you down and mock you and make fun of you. So all of these things are real. You don't gloss over it and say, it didn't affect me. Probably it did. Uh, it may affect your esteem that you, you feel about yourself, the real deal that you have about yourself. It may affect you in ways of what you'll try to do and will not try to do for the glory of God because someone criticized you when you spoke. Somebody criticized you as you were writing. And God is wanting you to do some things that's outside your comfort zone, but because of some things that were in your past, you're not doing it. You say, oh, that doesn't matter. No, you need to face that. But you not only need to not gloss over it, don't glamorize it either. Don't make it bigger than it was. Don't overstate it. Uh, be honest about it. Look at it squarely. You don't justify it. Uh, you, you just say, yes, that was real. And, and if it was real to you, uh, uh, and, and I don't mean that in a, an ignorant way, but it was real to you and it hurt. But don't glamorize it. Sometimes I've heard people in sharing their testimony and God has brought them out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay that the psalmist talked about and set their feet up on a rock and established their goings and put a new song in their heart. And, and they dwell so much on the past, you hardly get to hear what God's doing now. So don't glamorize that past and make it more than it was, but look at it honestly. Face it. Secondly, you face it with humility. Uh, this is the past that's yours. You have to own it. Uh, some of it was you had nothing to do with. 
You were born with the parents that you have. God permitted you to be born when and where you were. Now, again, I that's difficult for a lot of people, but that is what God has done. You remember what it says? No one can add a cubic to his own body height. That's, I mean, I, I would have loved to be taller. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I would have loved, but no, humility brings me to look squarely in the face of who I am, what has happened to me in my past, the circumstances. Now, some of those circumstances were of my own making. Some of those circumstances were what others have done to me. Uh, I've heard this said, what will your sin cost me? Now, that's, that's a little bit selfish, but it's true that you are suffering because of the circumstances of what someone has done to you and their sin against you or sin that brought you in. And this is part of your past. And if you're not careful, that disappointment or that broken relationship that's unhealed will damage you and cause you to not be able to be effective in the marriage that God has for you right now. And, and so facing your past is helpful but it's also by some of your own decisions, the decisions that we make, some that were great, some that were not so great. Uh, You know, you've probably heard this, decisions determine destiny. And so if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have chosen that. That's the case with many, many people. And uh, that's the reason if you're early on listening to this, bring God into the equation of your life very quickly. Seek him first in his righteousness. Seek him in what he would have. So in your life that you're living, uh, you need to face it with uh, honesty, humility. But thirdly, you need to face it with hope. That's right. You need to face your future and your past uh, with hope. God doesn't waste anything. Now, Romans chapter 8 makes it plain, uh, verse 28. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God is able to do that. Now, if you read verse 29, you'll find out God's purpose is for you and me to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus suffered here upon earth. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. They rejected him. They pushed him aside. They didn't want him. They didn't want his life. They would nail him to the cross. Yes, Jesus suffered. And so the things that we go through here in life, whether it's by circumstances, our decisions, the decisions that other has made, the circumstances that we find ourselves in, God is able to take those and work them for his glory that you can become more and more like Christ because suffering helps us do that. Now, again, the sovereignty of God is taking these things and work them for good in our lives. That's how God does it, and God is able to do that. So you face the baggage of your past with honesty, humility, and with hope. But not only do you face it, if you just stop there, you're going to stay in the quagmire of, of despondence and hopelessness. But you trace it. Where did this come from? Again, we're in the book of, of Joel. In chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, Awake, you drunkards, and weep and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of new wine 
for it has been cut off from your mouth. In other words, this drunkard, when did it happen? It traced back when he again began to misuse it and abuse it. You can usually trace it. It says in Psalm 51, 3, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. This is tracing it, looking. Is there a trigger? Is there a stem that causes you to react at certain times in certain ways? And you say, aha, now I'm connecting the dot. The reason I'm so fearful of doing this is because this happened. Uh, The reason I get so uh, antsy when you're late is because of this in my past that happened to me. You see, you, you trace it and see if you can find the starting point of where it happened. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in 2 Kings chapter 6, is verses 1 through 7. Uh, Elisha had a school of prophets, and they were building some, uh, you know, sleeping quarters for them. And there was this young, young man who was in the school of prophets, didn't have an axe, so he borrowed it. Now, axe was very valuable, and it, he couldn't afford one, so he borrowed it, and he was cutting trees down by the river, and uh, the axe head fell off and went into the water. He couldn't find it. So he goes to the man of God, Elisha, and he tells him the situation. One of the most amazing things that Elisha asked him is, where did you lose it? And he showed him where he lost it. He threw some wood in and the axe head floated. Yes, I do believe that. That's what God can do. God is able to do that. But the question here is, where did you lose it? Where, where is that trigger? Where did you lose your joy? Where did you lose your hope that you had? Where did you begin to doubt the love that God has for you? Trace it and, and, and see where it comes from. It reminds me of a story about a man who lost his car keys. And uh, he was out one night looking under an uh, area by streetlight. And he was walking around looking down at the ground, and his friend comes by, pulls over, and says, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking for my keys. And he said, oh, to your car? And said, yeah. He said, I'll help you. So he started walking around looking, and he said, now, where did you lose them? He said, oh, I lost them down there a good piece away, but there's no light down there. You know, what you do, you start looking for the wrong in the wrong places. You've got to trace it to see Where did you lose it? Where did it start? And when you find that, I want to tell you, God can take you deep and help you to know what to look for. Now, when this happens, there are some things that happen. There there are sins that come up, and there are sins that you have to overcome as you're looking at tracing uh, your life and and the baggage. One is ancestral sins. You say, man, I don't know exactly what that is. Well, the sins of the fathers and mothers because of different things they've done, not necessarily they pass that sin down to you, but they trace that effect of that sin into your life. Remember Exodus 25, it says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate him. Now, he didn't give that to so so I can do that. No, it's so we can overcome it. So you want to overcome those ancestral sins, and there's a tendency to to slide on God. Uh, it's not a principle that you can count on, but it's a tendency in the Bible. David served God with all of his heart. Solomon served God with half his heart. Solomon's son Rehoboam had no heart for God, and you'll find this tendency through the scriptures. So. Uh, don't let the ancestral sin 
keep you from God, but also don't just depend because your mom or your dad were right with God, you're all right. No, you need to be right with God and serve him right now. But then there's also addictive sins. In 1 John 1, 21, it says, My little children, these things are right to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Now, he's not talking about some sin coming into your life, but you won't continue in the same sin. We need to break those chains of continual sin or addictive sin, and you turn away from it, and you turn to God. The only way to do it, you've got to turn away from it. That's called repentance. That's turning away. But it's not enough to just turn your back on it. You've got to replace it. You replace it with God's grace. You replace it with God's forgiveness. You replace it by fellowship with the Father through his word and listening to the Holy Spirit. So if you've got addictive sin in your life that's causing difficulty in your marriage, and it always will, it can be overcome. But then there's those sins that overtake us quickly. Chapter 6 of, in verse 1 of Galatians says, Brethren, if any man is overtaken, this is any person, is overtaken in a tre- trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. Now, this word overtaken is catching you by surprise. It's one that gets you and you weren't expecting. Those sins can help. So if that's tr- true, you want to put it out of your mind right now. You want to overcome it right now because God desires to have this relationship with you that's real. So what do you do with the baggage in your life? By design, God wants you to face it. By design, God wants you to trace it. But I want to tell you, by God's desire and God's design, he wants you to grace it. God can give you the grace to become an overcomer. That baggage that's damaging your relationship with your spouse, that baggage that's damaging your relationship with your children, they see you straight through it. You don't have to live that way. You can let the grace of God do a work in your life that you will not believe. First, you make sure you're saved. Make sure you're right with God. With that in mind, you remember what it says in the book of Joel. We're, we've been in Joel about facing it, tracing it. Listen to Joel 2.25. So I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Do you hear that? God desires for you to be right with him. He wants to restore that damaged life that life that was filled with heartache because of decisions, because of circumstances. And in the marriage that you're in right now, God desires it to work. In the relationship you have with someone right now, God wants it to be godly and right. And you do that through the grace of God. And again, you can't erase it. You can't. It's there and it's left there, but it doesn't have to damage you for the rest of your life. God wants you to be more than a conqueror. He wants you to be an overcomer. So whatever it is that's in your life, I'm calling it baggage, that's causing you to be tripped up in your life, that causes you to have uh, hindered relationships because of an unbroken relationship in your past, because of disappointments that you've gone through in your past, God is able to come in and make a difference in your present, and that's what God wants to do. He communicates that to us. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and that you might have an abundant life. Isn't that good news? God is communicating that to you. And when you hear that from God and the power of the Holy Spirit of God comes into your life so that he can he indwells you and he fills you that you might be who God wants you to be. And it helps you to communicate that to others. What you do when you find out why, facing it, erasing it, and now you want God to help you through his grace to overcome it, he can. And you can communicate that to your loved one. You can say, listen, I'm sorry for how I reacted in the past when this happened. And I want to tell you, God is letting me take a journey, and he's letting me see why I reacted that way. I was wrong. I was wrong because I had not sought forgiveness. I had not healed that relationship. I had not dealt with the disappointment in my life. But now I want to tell you, God is restoring me in the process of making me who he wants me to be. And you do that with conflict resolution. In other words, this issue, this baggage in your life has caused conflict in your marriage. It's caused conflict in your family. It's caused conflict maybe in your, uh, in your job. I want to tell you, God wants to do the healing. He wants to restore all that damage that was done. God is able to take it, and he will work it for good. And guess what will happen? When others see this change in you, they will change. They really will. They have to. When we change the focus of our direction and we change the focus of our life and people see us and we don't run with them anymore, uh, we don't join in with them anymore, they must change some way or other. Now, there may be a time frame that they're looking at that doesn't look so good and they don't understand it, but stay on target. You've faced your past. You have traced it. You know what triggers it. You know how it responds. And now God is giving you everything that you need for life and godliness in this present world to overcome that, that you don't have to stay damaged goods, but you're right with the Lord. And the last thing I'd want to say concerning this, this leads to a Christ-centered life. When you are living in your past, you're looking at life through a rearview mirror trying to drive forward. You don't want to do that. No, you look to Christ. When you're trying to erase it, you are re- trying to trace it. You remember that God is the one that revealed to you. He is the revelator. Ask him, oh God, I can't figure this out. I don't know why I get angry when I do certain things. But God, through his spirit and through his word, will help you. And that will strengthen your life. And you can live this Christ-centered life by design. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're widowed, divorced, you can have a Christ-centered life in Him. That is God's design for your life. I want to thank you for listening today, and I pray that you're dealing with the baggage that you have in your life, that you can overcome it, and God will restore the damage that the locust caused in the past. Thank you again for listening by design, and may God use this in your life that you may become more and more like Christ 
our Lord and Savior. Thank you for listening, and you have a blessed, glorious day.